Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is an interview of Panini's hobby marketing director, Jeff Hoffer. I enjoyed uh, hearing his story and seeing how he's going to fill Tracy's shoes. They'll be slightly different, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Whenever uh, I had people that worked for me for a long time and then uh, went somewhere else or did something else, uh, it was always interesting to see what the new person was going to bring to it. And Jeff already, I can see, is bringing some good stuff to Panini and to that position. So thanks, Jeff, and uh, thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hogan Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and special thanks to Panini. Jeff, I know you can do a great job. I love going up to Kyle's shows up in um, the Plano Allen area. It's 20 or 25 minutes, but it still beats jumping on a plane. <laughs> Absolutely. I have some funny stories about Kyle. He and I used to set up at card shows probably... 12 years ago at really small local shows. I remember Kyle saying, you know, I really should throw shows. I think I could put something together that might be nice. And here he is with uh, the Dallas Card Show really thriving. It's fun to see him doing so well. He makes it really dealer centric. So he's on to something there and other promoters should take notice. He's been one. He understands what dealers want and he's doing a great job. He's riding high right now. He had uh, the distinct advantage to be the only person in the country putting on a large card show at a certain point in time. He became the default show for everybody who wanted to go to a show. So he played it really well. It's kind of the Texas advantage, I think, of the 50 (laughs) states. But he was ready for it and, and was able to handle it. Two ways businesses can fail if they have not enough success or too much success. Over the last couple of years, some companies have gone in between those, but it's sure better to have a lot of business. Did you get over to his last show a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, but I get ambushed. I wound up uh, being at a few tables for longer than I thought. So I wasn't certain. <laughs> much. And I, I know that you're a bargain box. A dollar box. Shopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were they a couple enticing bargain boxes that caught your attention or did yeah, you? I, I make the rounds. At this point, they know me. I know them. They say, hey, here's a chair. Sit down. <laughs> Can we get your lunch? <laughs> I love that. So the same shows that Kyle and I used to set up at, I was all bargain boxes. I think maybe one show I had a display case, but everything else was just dollar boxes or 50 cent boxes. And I I love doing that. It's my form of breaking. It's like a break, except that after the fact, I get to pick which cards I want. The monster box or the double shoe. And I don't know what's in there, but as I'm looking through it, I think I can pick out anything I want in here for a buck or less if I get a whole bunch. And I basically tell them what are the quantity pricing so to know how aggressively I'd want to pull. And they found out if they make the price lower, I stay longer and buy more. It's insidious. works for me. And really, Jeff, I'm at the point now, I want to buy from people that I like. (laughs) So you know, I have a choice. I think other people are like that too. If they're friendly dealers who are very accommodating and not just to me, but I'm overhearing what's going on. Uh, when I'm sitting there in the corner of their table and hearing how they interact with other people coming up, if they're discourteous, that's a downer for me. And I want people that'll promote the hobby and uh, help build it up. And you don't do that by being gruff to send people away. Right. Because, but they do ask some dumb questions. They do ask some <laughs> dumb questions. And I'm wondering if that's your position at uh, Panini now with the, with the replacing Tracy, the the answerer of dumb questions. <laughs> oh gosh. I, yeah. I, or maybe that was Joe White in the customer <clears throat> service area. Although I don't know who's replaced Joe as well. We do have a new customer service director and I, Joe is well-respected around here. Such a nice um, guy. 
Such a nice yeah. yeah. That's as important as any possession here, in my opinion, certainly from a, a collector standpoint. So, Well, in any of these customer-facing positions, if you don't have a person that's pretty friendly and accommodating, it's sooner or later the word gets around. He's just a good guy. He used to work for me. I um, didn't know that. Yeah, okay. yeah. All these guys did, I think. But, uh, <laughs> but Joe did, Tracy did, Tim Trout, Keith Hauer, David Port. I don't know. There's probably some more there. But Was uh, Scott, did Scott Prusha? Scott Prusha. Oh, yeah. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's he's quite the character. So he is my office mate, and I couldn't imagine a better person to be uh, within arm's reach of uh, the new guy because he's been essentially at Panini for 21 years now. He was with Donruss and then Panini. That's right. Yeah. So like, like he knows he knows where all the bodies are buried. He knows the entire process, and he's just been a wealth of knowledge for me. And before that, he was on our team. He's, he's a lifer. Were there a hundred people applying for Tracy's job and you're number one? What was it you think that made them say, Jeff's our guy? Tracy, big shoes to fill, but Jeff is going to bring his own uh, energy and ingenuity to it. So, I love it. I'm flattered. You've jumped into a hot seat. <laughs> I'm on your side. When people criticize the card companies or any of my sponsors or anybody in the industry, pretty much, I generally know enough about it to know that they've jumped to some assumptions about the way cards are produced. Or what the jobs of some people are. They just don't think like an employer. They think they're probably shortcutting me in some way. And the guys that work for me were really pretty solid. They didn't go to Panini so they could take the afternoon off. Or so, Yeah. So it's, I love the industry and anybody that's helping promote the industry is going to be my friend. If they're a bad guy, we need to get them out. But most of the people I know, 99 out of 100 are good. Well, we've got... Some great folks over here. Like I said, I've met so many people. I've forgotten more names than I can remember at this point in time, but I've been really impressed by the vast majority of the folks I've met over here. Yeah, But it does seem like a lot of people have uh, jumped from one hobby company to another. And I'm not surprised to hear that there's a lot of ex-Beckett employees here. Some of them left after I left. Okay. Some of them left when I was there and it was always amicable. In fact, Tracy worked for me twice. No kidding. He worked for me. It was first job out of college, then went to Donner's playoff. Back okay. In, and then he came back and then he went back to Panini. Wow. So he, had, he had two stints with me and two stints with Panini or the predecessor. Was he the publisher or editor at uh, Beckett? He was Magazine? editor. No, he was okay, publisher. Got He's more on the editorial side. Yeah. Understood. Got it. But, you know, he's a journalist and just a likable, sharp guy. So, yes, he is. Um, he's been a massive influence of mine over the past four years since I met him back and a great mentor in many ways. What was your relationship with Tracy like? And what is it now? Or has he kind of made a clean break where I know he's got his hands full with what he's doing, but how did that handoff occur? And welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Tracy and I still talk. Fortunately, he's made himself available if I run into any uh, issues or have questions along the way. He's been really cool about taking my random silly questions at all hours of the day. I met Tracy back in 2017. We had a mutual friend and the first time I actually met him, he invited me down to the Panini office. So I came through here, met him here, talked about the hobby and what they were doing. And he showed me around the place. Obviously, it, it was a lifelong collector's dream. And then Tracy came on my YouTube show at the time called Pack Geek. And uh, it's essentially just a show where we talk to people about the hobby. They aren't always necessarily hobby personalities, but we talk to people about 
sports cards and their passion and their history related to sports cards. And Tracy was kind enough to bring on some different random Panini products that they had coming out when he would come on the show and introduce me to a lot of cards. At the time, I was more interested in vintage than I was modern cards. He honestly brought me back into modern card collecting. Okay. Was he grooming you, do you think? He wouldn't be the first person to say that. I I don't think it was that thought out. I think it was a a happy coincidence, but uh, we just kept a friendship. And I don't know exactly Panini or or Tracy, who recommended me for this position, saw exactly other than, like I mentioned, I am a lifelong collector, but I have a degree in marketing and international business. I've worked in media production for 20 years. I had a very specific and unique skill set where I've been preparing myself for this job my entire life. How adept are you at all the social media aspects that I think Tracy had to be juggling all these different uh, platforms and venues? And, and that seems like a mad scramble to me, but I'm not of that age. So how comfortable were you and How seamlessly could you jump in? Let me first preface this by saying, I don't know how one human being did everything Tracy was doing when he was at Panini. That is the honest truth. It was insane. The volume of social media and blog posts and just content creation he was doing. I'm still trying to ramp up to that volume, but I've been doing social media quite a bit. I had my own show. I worked at a social media agency for several years. So I'm very comfortable in the social media world. But again, it comes back to volume. And and Tracy was able to keep a a news outlet pace of putting content out. And that's something I'm still having to try to get better. You bring your own strengths to it, but there's some jobs where volume is more important than quality. But I think you... If you have quality and volume or a reasonable volume, I think that that's good. What other jobs did you have before? Have you been more on your own or more working for larger companies? A little both. So I have my own production company on the side. It's called Occasionally Genius. We do branded content, which is essentially just long form commercials for companies for the internet. But I've been working for production companies for the past 15 years in different different standpoints. I started out as a writer-producer. Then I got more into directing and producing. My most recent position before this position at Panini was as a creative director. So I was doing a little bit of everything. So I've done quite a bit in terms of commercial production, even some TV production, and uh, certainly a ton of branded content for the internet. But you're not a technologist uh, per se or a graphic design person per se. I'm not. I'm an idea and direction guy. I I usually really try to hire the people that are better than I am at that sort of thing to create the graphics, to film the video we're doing, to edit the video we're doing. So I, I have a team that I like to use. I try to bring on other people and just surround myself with folks that are better than I am. Panini does have people that are good at those things. I just want to make sure I'm saying that for the record. But are there other areas of Panini that you think I'd like to get more involved over there in the selections of some of the aspects of the putting of the sets and stuff like that? Honestly, Dr. Beck, I love it all. I, I love every department here in a very special way. It might surprise you, but I would even love to be I'm really opening up a can of worms here, be involved with customer service because from a collector standpoint, I really empathize with collectors that are you know, interacting with our customer service. They've been put in an odd situation or a jam in some way, and we're trying to help them out. I would definitely say the marketing department is the most appropriate place for me to be, but uh, I could have fun in just about any department here. Everybody that worked for me or worked for Panini or any company, really, they ought to think that if they're called on, they 
they ought to be marketing or customer service or whatever. We're talking about Kyle's show here in the area. You're walking around. Somebody's got a problem with Panini. They would have bumped into Tracy or or one of the other guys. And now you of, hey, what's going on with this? And you got to have a smile on your face and receive that feedback and, and perhaps pass it on. But all of our people that we had, they you're representing the brand and, and under fire. Tracy, I felt, was in a job where some people would be frustrated and come to him with their frustration. And I think every company has that because, like I said, in many cases, c- collectors can have unreasonable expectations as if they're being singled out for their right. redemption or something. And you can't sit in every seat, but n- nobody wants to mess up. You want everything to run smooth, but when sure. days of paper shortages that are not your fault and difficult to get press time and other kinds of collation and things like that, it's out of your control. And that's right. And nobody wants to hear. I think this position is there's a lot of responsibility that goes along with this position being technically my title is hobby marketing director. That hobby portion of that title is extremely important. I take it serious and I I feel like I need to be willing to have those tough conversations if if somebody stops me at a show and, and has an issue and need to be able to encourage them, if not help them solve things. And uh, it, it might surprise some people to hear this, but I personally, as a collector, have four or five outstanding tickets with our customer service. And I'm intentionally not going over to the customer service building to try to get those solved because I want to understand what other collectors out there are going through so I can truly empathize with them. I think it's important. I don't want to skip in line, if that makes sense. I'm same thinking. I, I submit cards to BGS and uh, I get the same... I would say excellent treatment, but it's it's not fast. If I was sure. getting in line for economy or the regular submissions, I know I'm not going to head a line. And I also know I'm not getting better grades. I'm, I'm getting what you're looking for, same thing. I'm getting the, the treatment that a person would get in terms of the delivery of the service and the quality of the service. And then if somebody wants to ask me about it, like I said, I have the same name, but I'm no longer there. But I want to be able to represent in a positive way what's going on at my old company. And you do, even if you weren't, like I said, you're not going over to the customer service, but you're going to have a different feel if you've got your own stuff there and you're waiting on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's important to be a a man of the people in this position. And that's what I'm going for. I'm not trying to put myself at the head of the line for anything like that.